Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. It's a brand new year, and I hope that you all enjoyed a safe and happy holiday season with those who are most important to you. People everywhere are talking about how we need to walk quietly and carefully into 2022, just in case. And that was definitely the case for me, dealing with the death of a pet and COVID. So for me, there is just no better way to sneak in somewhere than with a quietly whispered ghost story told in the midwinter dark. I've been collecting stories for you that I think are really going to start your new year off on the best, that is to say, creepiest note. So, ready to get spooked? Our first story today comes from Pleasant Station 5488. They bring us a story about a strange encounter they had on holiday and a strange creature that may be lurking in the underbrush. I'm from the UK. When I was 15, my parents owned a static caravan holiday home, and when I had weeks off from school, we'd go up there as a family. A friend of mine did the same with his family. We used to sneak out with some beers and have a wander late at night while everyone else was sleeping. The holiday park was by the coast, and if you followed a trail, it would lead you to the top of some clay cliffs with a large grassy area that had ponds, farmland, and lots of bushes. There was a bench that overlooked the beach, and we'd sit smoking cigarettes and drinking beers, generally just having a good time. One night, we decided to walk a bit further. It was dark, but the moonlight shimmered and lit up the pathway before us. It was silent, and not a sound could be heard, like all the noise had ceased. Walking along, we were between two huge trees and a hedge that was just about six feet high. When I suddenly stopped, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I turned on the camera light on my mobile phone and saw two animal eyes in front of me, reflecting back in the light. I told my friend that I thought it was a fox, so I moved a bit closer, ducking under a branch and squatting low to get a closer look. As I aimed my light into the hedge, I saw what appeared to be a large, smooth, oval-shaped white rock. Slowly, it turned, and what I saw has haunted me for nearly 20 years. What I thought had been a rock was a large, bald head. It looked like somebody was laying on their back, and I was seeing their side profile. The head turned to face me, and all I could make out was its inhuman black eyes, and the most hideous, hateful expression on its face. It was humanoid, but it wasn't human. I didn't notice its body. I was too focused on its horrible face, paralyzed like a rabbit in headlights. I've never known fear like that in my life. I went white as a sheet, incapable of moving as I broke out in goosebumps. Eventually, my fight-or-flight response kicked in, and I was finally able to move. I turned and ran, smashing my head on the branch I'd just been ducking beneath. I cursed loudly, then ran towards my friend. I expect he saw my expression of terror, and he ran away with me. 
back near the caravan park when we were finally far away enough to feel safe. I tried to explain what had happened. It took a while for me to want to talk about that face. The whole experience had lasted maybe three seconds, but I'm getting goosebumps now just retelling the story. I believe there are some things lurking in the dark that we really do not want to see. Unfortunately, I saw one, and I wasn't even looking for it. I thought it was just a fox. Okay, so finding something lurking in the bushes is something that I think we're all quietly on some level afraid of when we peer into the darkness. And to find something like that facing you head on? No thanks. Absolutely terrifying. Hopefully this will be your only brush with the creature and that it's long gone back to wherever it came from. Our next story comes from Magic 8-Balls, telling us a tale that's a mesh of both the paranormal and true crime, and what happens when those two worlds collide. If you're unfamiliar with the story of Ed Gein, let me sum it up for you. He was a small-town handyman who confessed to murdering two women, in addition to stealing numerous bodies from their graves. One of the women he murdered was the owner of the local hardware store, where he shot and killed her. That building still stands today. My story happened more than 20 years ago. I lived in that same town that Ed Gein had, and it was just before Thanksgiving. I had already started decorating my place for Christmas, and I needed to replace some of the lights. I decided to take a quick trip to the hardware store to stock up. I knew the building was rumored to be haunted by the murdered woman, but I'd never put much stock in it. I was in the back area of the store where they keep the Christmas decorations and was about to grab the lights when I heard someone nearby saying something about antifreeze. I turned my head to look and saw a woman walking by with a massive gunshot wound in her head. Just as soon as I saw her, she disappeared. I stood there in shock for a good minute, staring at where the woman had disappeared. When I finally made my way to the front of the store to pay for the lights, the guy behind the counter took one look at my face and simply said, You saw her, didn't you? So this one is significant to me because of how casual the store employee was about your ghostly encounter. I'd love to be able to hear more from them about their experiences working there. They must have a massive backlog of stories if they're so calm about hearing yours. And if by any chance that person is listening today, please send your stories along. Our next story comes from Mason Ridgeway, who brings us multiple experiences from a friend of hers who seems to be linked to the supernatural in ways she can't control. I've been working with a girl that has quickly become a friend. She's opened up about some of the crazy stuff she's experienced and I've been there to witness a few of them. 
after hearing her stories, I'm insanely curious about what it all means. I'll relay some of her stories the best that I can remember. One day, I came into work and she opened up to me about her weekend working alone at the office. For context, our office has a basement with a door that opens to the outside. She started by telling me that her friend came to visit. Her friend dropped some food off and they chatted for a while about the day. In the middle of their conversation, she heard the keypad being entered for the front door, which then proceeded to swing open. Both of them were confused, so she hopped up from her desk to see who was there. And no one was. No extra cars outside the door, no people, nothing. She shut the door and sat down to continue her conversation with her friend. The door swung open a second time and just as before, no one was there. She closed the door again and this time she locked it. She told me that she was spooked at this point but felt like it was a fluke. And then she heard the keypad being pressed again. The door swung open and no one was there. Her friend left and I can't say that I blame her, but apparently nothing happened after that and the door remained firmly shut. The next incident I was involved in. Honestly, I was so spooked by it, it's what brought me to tell this story in the first place. Our boss was having a meeting and get-together throughout the entire day in our basement office. Near the end, my friend and I decided to join in and hang out with everyone. With it being a bit of a celebration of the end of things, we felt like we deserved to relax a little bit. We were working on a set of vision boards when suddenly the basement door slammed open, startling everyone in the room. Within seconds, the door leading upstairs to the first floor also slammed close. I felt like I jumped out of my skin, but no one else seemed to budge. If anything, they seemed annoyed. The door at the top of the stairs then continued to slam close three more times, randomly and aggressively without anyone being anywhere near it. I was completely spooked, but tried to play it off as a joke, asking my friend what the hell she'd brought into the office. A few weeks prior to this, she told me that she'd seen a lot of weird phenomena, but nothing that she'd thought there was anything to be alarmed about. She told me about the house she'd been staying in with her parents. Lights would flicker and blow out to the point where her parents asked her what was going on since they'd never had that happen before she came to stay. She'd had to replace them repeatedly with no explanation. Most importantly, she told me that she's seen ghosts. The first one she told me about was a man she'd seen frequently around her house. He wore a blue plaid shirt and the first time she saw him, he was sitting at the foot of her bed. She'd woken up around three in the morning to see him sitting there. She tried to ignore him, to cover her head with a blanket, but when she opened her eyes again, he was still there. She told me she'd ended up kicking the blankets and that's when he'd stood up and disappeared into nothingness. I asked if anyone else in her family had seen him and she said her son had. He had described the exact same outfit and had told her that he was a good guy and that he wasn't scared. And that might be all right for him, but this last story is the one that scares me the most. My friend told me she'd been driving with a friend when she was in high school, going along a backcountry road. 
they came across a woman standing in the middle of the street wearing old-fashioned, all-black clothes. She told me that the woman had levitated off the pavement, floated towards the woods that flanked each side of the road, and then disappeared. She and her friend were both in shock, stopped in the middle of the street, staring in pure fear and silence before getting the hell out of there. Like I say, there are too many stories around her to be able to tell them all. My main question is, what would cause this amount of activity around her? She says she's had this happen her whole life and has no idea why. I think she deserves some answers. So, it definitely sounds like your friend has some sort of link to the paranormal that most of the rest of us don't share. I kind of want to say she's haunted or she's, you know, in tune with the other side some way. It's definitely strange that she's experienced so many incidents in her life, and especially for them to be so seemingly unrelated, except for the fact that they're all happening to her or around her definitely something to look into if she can and maybe she can go to a at least in Dallas we have psychic fairs and so maybe she can find one local to her area and go and talk to any mediums that are out there who would be able to help her determine if she has that gift and how to manage it. So our next story comes from Guero Blade Cruz who tells us of their haunted high school and more specifically the darkened theater inside of it. I'm pretty sure my high school was haunted. I'm certain my high school theater was haunted. When I was a teenager, my senior year I was helping out with the school play in order to impress a girl I had a crush on who was one of the actresses. One night after rehearsals, I stayed back to organize the prop room. After a few minutes, I heard the door to the stage door slam shut. Something to note about this door. If you closed it without propping it open behind you, you'd end up locking yourself in and be screwed. Being the nice guy I was, I walked over, propped the door open, and stepped inside. I walked onto the stage and started calling out to see if anyone was there. After all, they'd lock themselves in. I wanted to let them know that someone else was there and that I was letting them out. But it was silent. Silent, of course, except for the boom, boom, boom of thudding footsteps thundering across the stage. I couldn't just hear them. I felt them thudding through my shoes and shaking me. I thought nothing of it and just kept calling out, asking who was around. Still, no reply. I then started to hear what sounded like someone running up and down the aisles. Not long after, the spotlight started making soft popping noises, like someone was playing with them. At that point, I figured my friend Amy, also a theater kid, was messing with me. I texted her, asking if she was trying to scare me. She replied right away and even FaceTimed me to prove that she was at home sitting in her bedroom. I apologized that I'd speak to her later and hung up. After what felt like an eternity, the sounds of the spotlights stopped. The running on the aisles stopped. But the thudding on the stage didn't. 
They felt closer and closer until it felt like they stopped right behind me. I felt a breeze on my neck and found myself thinking, it has to be the wind. Suddenly, I felt three sharp nails land on my shoulder, one at a time. Panicked, I immediately bolted out of there faster than I'd ever run in my life. I grabbed my backpack and ran as fast as I could out of the theater building. It still freaks me out to this day, thinking about it. Okay, so having someone breathing down your neck is a feeling that I think a lot of high schoolers can relate to, and that's just the pressure, not even counting the ghost. It's a goosebumps moment to think of you calling your friend to see her sitting at home, even as spooky things are happening around you. Sounds like it should be in a movie. Our next story comes to us from iBrazil6338, bringing us a short little tale about their cat and a face in the night. I've wanted to share this experience for a long time to see if anyone else has had a similar encounter. The house I grew up in always had an eerie feeling. I don't claim to be sensitive by any means, but I can definitely pick up on obvious energies. This house has had negative vibes for sure. One night I was fast asleep, laying on my left side when I randomly awoke. I quickly noticed the feeling of little cat paws on my right hip, so I looked up. Our cat had her front paws on my hip and was intensely staring at something behind my back, so I turned over to look. At the time, I had a large mirrored dresser. When I looked over towards it, I saw the face of an older woman on the second drawer, which sat about three feet off the ground. Her face had a greenish glow and was smiling in an evil, menacing fashion. I rolled back over thinking, I'm just seeing things. There's no way that was real. Shortly after, I fell back to sleep. The next morning, I reflected on my experiences and realized it held more validity because clearly the cat saw it too. I've always wondered who or what that was and if there was any significance to there being a greenish glow behind it. Okay, so here's the thing. Animals are absolutely known to be sensitive, so it feels like discounting this one would almost be like discrediting your cat, which I definitely won't do. 
A greenish glow is interesting, and I wonder if any particularly keen listeners can remember any other stories we've told with similar features. If you can, be sure to shoot us an email to tell us what you think the similarities are. Our next story comes from the head writer and head researcher at True Crime Fan Club, my other podcast, my great friend, Susie St. John, who tells us a story of a Ouija board experience that possibly opened a door to something else. I have always really been into the paranormal all through my life. I read ghost stories when I was really young and then saw my uncle the night he had died, just minutes after he passed. I've seen my cat as a ghost and have felt things in buildings, such as in the little red one-room schoolhouse close to my grandmother's house. One night when I was in high school, some friends and I decided to have a seance. I can't even remember who we tried to summon, but at one point in a draft-free room, all the candles were extinguished, one by one, then relit themselves the same way, one by one. We still wonder about that to this day. Flash forward to when I was in my early 20s and a young mom. I was using a Ouija board with a friend of mine. The board actually belonged to my friend, but she would let me keep it for several days at a time. One night, when I was using the board with some other friends of mine, we asked the board, who's there? It immediately spelled out, Satan. Yeah, sure. Probably one of my friends had done that, I was sure of it. Except as we went on, my voice got deeper and came out in what was almost a growl. We put the board away that night because it was definitely creepy. A few days later, my friend called me to get the board back. I was at work, and as I spoke to her, the voice returned. She's keeping me, the voice said, using my vocal cords to speak. I definitely took the board back to her after that. It was too scary for me. Around this same time, I was visiting a local cemetery because it was peaceful and small. I was drawn to the same headstones over and over of five small children who had all died on the same day years and years before. I decided to visit the library to look them up. I searched through multiple newspapers on microfilm and finally found out what happened. On Christmas Eve, the year they died, their house had exploded and all five children perished. After I read this, I visited the graves again with a friend and we ended up talking a little to these kids, letting them know we were sorry that that had happened to them. As we did so, we touched a fallen tree trunk beside their graves. There was no damage to the limbs, no indication that it had been in contact with any sort of fire. But my friend and I both burned our hands. I stopped going to that cemetery after that. Okay, well, that's absolutely terrifying and... I have begged Susie to continue sharing stories with us because she has some incredible stories to share. I'm not joking. Like, she gives me goosebumps and I don't want to talk to her for the rest of the night because of how badly she's scared me. So possessions, and especially demonic possessions like what this sounds like, are something that I definitely don't want to be messing with ever in my life. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that. 
Okay, so our final story today comes from Spirit Whisperer, telling of their protective pets and the strange encounters their dogs may have been protecting them from. I've got a dog. He's about medium size. He originally belonged to my middle son who lives next door to us. When my health got bad, the dog, Petey, decided he wanted to live with me. He's like a service dog to me and will howl when he feels I'm about to have a medical crisis that causes me to fall. Once, when I was unable to get out of the bathtub by myself, he broke out of the house to go next door to alert my sons that something was wrong. Petey will go to any lengths to protect me. A few nights ago, I was sitting on the couch with my wife and Petey had gotten up to get a drink of water. When he came back, instead of jumping up to sit on the couch with us, he just sat down, staring insistently at me. I asked him what was wrong. Suddenly, without turning his head away from me, Petey cut his eyes to the right and up towards the ceiling. He did this more than once and my wife and I both turned and looked towards the ceiling. But she didn't see it. I did. There was a shadow person in the attic, sticking their head down through the ceiling and watching us. I'm glad my wife didn't see it. She's known since we first started dating that I've had a connection with the paranormal, that after almost 30 years of marriage, she's still uncomfortable with the spirit world. Strangely, I saw a face attached to the shadow person. It was directly over a standing lamp, which shone directly onto the ceiling. It should have been impossible for there to be a shadow. About three days later, my other dog leapt up and ran to look out the window, barking and growling. This wasn't a normal growl for her. She was actually trying to paw through the window. I jumped up to see what she was so upset over, and there, in full daylight, was a shadow person walking across my driveway. As I looked out the door, it turned its head to look at me, and I saw that same face, the one that I'd seen staring down from the ceiling. It seemed that once it knew I'd seen it, it disappeared. I wonder if it's doing this on purpose to get my attention or trying to scare me. Well, it's certainly gotten my attention and I certainly am not scared. I have a healthy respect for it, but I've never been afraid of it. What you need to remember is that my dogs are not afraid of spirits either. They've basically lived their entire lives around spirits. They decide if the spirits they encounter are friendly or not, and if not, they back up, block the path, and force the spirit to go back to where it came from. They've never shown fear or agitation in the face of the paranormal. They've never growled at a spirit like this. Did you hear I won't lie. I absolutely love the idea and the thought of having a deeply devoted dog who will literally stand in front of a monster for me, and I'm sure one of my dogs would do that, but he's so tiny, it would not make a difference. So I'm sure you know just how lucky you are to have such a faithful friend in your life, and I'm so glad they're there to take care of you. So good on you for not being afraid too, although I doubt that I would react as calmly if it were me. In fact, I know I wouldn't. I would cry, probably pee my pants. I'm sure I'm not alone on that. <laughs> Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. 
you can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcast or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Olivia Holmesley, writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineering provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia. Until next time.